We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I'll be joined in a moment by Chris, and then we will also have uh, George Shahori on from Pro Football Focus. Uh, excellent guest. We're going to dive into the 49ers quarterback situation and kind of all the rumors surrounding that position for San Francisco and trying to sift through and see what's real, what's not, and what the 49ers quarterback situation might look like at the end of this offseason. So enjoy the show. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. All right, Chris is here. I've taken a week off. We're back. We're back in the saddle. We're going to be cranking out content for you again. We also have George Shahori from Pro Football Focus. And we're going to, there's not a ton of structure here, but we're going <laughs> to, we're just going to get into the 49ers quarterback situation, guys, because right now, Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have both said that Jimmy Garoppolo is the starter, unless there is a significant upgrade out there. Well, now, as the postseason has progressed, there is the Deshaun Watson situation. Matthew Stafford and the Lions have agreed to part ways. And now there's the new Aaron Rodgers wrinkle after his kind of somber press conference yesterday where he questioned everything about the future. So uh, <laughs> let's start. Uh, uh, let's start with how you guys are doing. Um, that's probably the polite thing to do. So, Chris. We haven't spoken on the pod in a while. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. I'm good. good. I'm uh, I'm great. I'm preparing for this uh, for this storm that is about to hit the Bay Area. 
So just kind of battening down the hatches, you could say. Don't George, you, the weather where you, you are. Don't you dare talk to me about the weather, okay? Because <laughs> you were going to ask me how I'm doing, and I'm freezing. I'm very cold. It's uh, 36 right now in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm overlooking the lovely Ohio River. And um, I'm excited. Like, football is the sauce. I understand why people on the in the Midwest and the East Coast um, all have much higher ratings for, for football games. Because there's nothing to do outside. So do not give me the you're preparing for a storm in the Bay Area or anywhere in California. I don't want to hear it. That's no, but George, George, you have to understand this isn't like a normal storm. It's going to rain. <laughs> so have you guys have you guys lived in San Francisco or the Bay Area your whole lives? I, I actually. In... Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, I lived in uh, I lived in Columbus, Ohio, for three years okay. of my life. Chris um, went so to Ohio. I'm State. familiar. I'm familiar with with what you're going through over there, and. Suffice to say, it's one of the reasons why I came back to California. But yeah, I was I was raised in uh, in Santa Rosa, so okay, so just I, a little bit north. And, and Kyle, what about you? I lived in the opposite extreme. I was in Arizona for two and a half years. Okay, because so I grew up in the Bay Area, and I remember the El Nino. Do you, oh, oh yeah, ninety seven. That I was think? incredible. Yeah, yeah, and as a you know younger kid, I was pretty young at the time, and I thought the world was ending. Like we lost power. And I was like asking my parents if we were going to like need to build an ark or how are we going to get food? You know, all of those things. And now it's really funny to look back on because it's like, yeah, we're going to get 20 inches of snow on the East Coast. No big deal. You know, hunker down. (laughs) And California is on fire every September and October. Yes. Um, Anyway, let's let's talk about more uh, weather talk. (laughs) More pertinent discussions to the podcast. Let's talk about this 49ers quarterback situation because it is interesting, although it doesn't seem like, I mean, it's, I don't know what, George, this is why we brought you on. What do you think the likelihood is that the 49ers make a drastic decision and go with somebody other than Jimmy Garoppolo in 2021? Man, I, I believe a couple of things to be true about the 49ers. Uh, the first is that John Lynch is not a scaredy cat. John Lynch is going to take chances and take risks. And that is how he believes you are going to end up winning a Super Bowl. And I agree with him 100%. I also believe that Kyle Shanahan, and rightfully so, is the most confident offensive coach in the NFL. I think he believes that he could take any of us three and probably win one football game with us at quarterback. (laughs) Like I really believe it. And that's part of the reason that Kyle Shanahan is awesome and is so fantastic as a coach. He has the confidence to do things that a lot of other coaches just simply don't have. So those two things kind of rub against one another because Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback you think about when you go, how great is the coach? Oh, he was able to win with Jimmy Garoppolo because Jimmy Garoppolo is good, but he's nowhere near great, certainly yet. And he's 30 years old. Matt Stafford is 33. So like before you call Jimmy Garoppolo a spring chicken, like it's you got to realize that even though he hasn't played a ton of snaps, like it's just hard. we don't see as much improvement later on in life. So I would say right now, if I, had, if I were a betting man, I would put it at new quarterback, 55% Jimmy Garoppolo, 45%. And I think that says a lot about how Jimmy Garoppolo has played 
over the last uh, year, year and a half. Injuries, injuries are a part of the game. You, you have to expect players to get injured. He was injured and incapable of leading the team when injured. So you you put a, a new quarterback at 55% or 45%? 55. So 55. So the the names that are out there we talked about, it's Deshaun Watson, it's Matthew Stafford. I I guess you can toss Aaron Rodgers' name in there though, although that is a <laughs> is a whole so. other thing. Yeah. I that's where I'm at. So I, I'm gonna actually cross off Aaron Rodgers for now. Is that fair? Because I think a dude that was bummed out in a press conference after another crushing loss one step shy of the Super Bowl. I'm not ready to to say he's asking out. My Mike Silver was wrote basically that this is, and Mike Silver and Aaron Rodgers are, are very well connected. Uh, and he wrote basically that that was less of a of an asking out and more of a saying, "Hey Packers, you got to instead of trading up to draft my replacement, trade up and draft some help." I, I couldn't agree more. I think there's a point five percent chance. Aaron Rodgers is not on the Green Bay Packers. And if he isn't on the Green Bay Packers, he won't be on the San Francisco 49ers. Let me, let me just tell you <laughs> that right now. Like, they are not trading Aaron Rodgers to the San Francisco 49ers. It is not happening. Um, and I don't think he should. He's going to win the MVP. And when he win, wins the MVP, the whole narrative will flip. The media coverage will be different. It'll change. Yeah, I agree. I, I think what, um, you know, a, a bunch of people have made this point. Uh, I think Mike Florio most vocally basically saying that the the landscape of the NFL is changing to the point where players have more control, right? And so, you know, Deshaun Watson with a no-trade clause in his contract basically has all the control in in Houston if he wants to if he wants to assume that role. He can basically pick where he wants to go because he can veto any trade. And if he asks out, um that's, you know, that that's his prerogative. And so it sounds like if you believe what's being reported in, in other markets that Miami and the Jets are his preferred destinations. And, you know, we can we can make the point that the 49ers are probably the best football destination for Deshaun Watson, but ultimately it's up to him, right? Like he might not have any desire to, to live in California and pay 13% income, state income tax and all of that. Um, what, what I'm interested in is like you look at just – the landscape of quarterbacks throughout the league, right? Like if Aaron Rodgers can get traded um, and we don't think he will, but like what's going to happen in Atlanta with Matt Ryan, right? Like we, we know there are significant salary cap ramifications that, that come out of this stuff, but I feel like a lot of that is secondary to just the relationships, the, the football direction that these new coaches want to take. Um, the fact that, you know, the Falcons have the fourth pick in the draft, um, you know, maybe you can make the same, a similar case with, with Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. Like, it, would, would it be completely insane if Kirk, Kirk Cousins got traded? I don't think so. Um, just looking at all the moving pieces throughout this offseason, there could be somebody who springs free that we're not even talking about yet that does make sense for the 49ers. But to the larger point, I just think it's going to be hard for the 49ers to justify giving up a haul of assets to make a moderate upgrade at quarterback, right? Like Matt Stafford's more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo, but is he, you know, a first round pick and uh, some other filler in a trade? Like, is, is he that much more valuable? Um, Georgia, I'm curious because you guys, you guys study quarterbacks as, as well as anybody. What, what do you, how would you compare Matt Stafford and maybe somebody like 
Matt Ryan or, you know, somebody who might unexpectedly become available. How do those types of guys compare to Jimmy Garoppolo based on on your analysis of, of him? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Deshaun Watson. I'm gonna put him in tier one as smart. He is he is right. an elite quarterback. He was our third highest graded quarterback this uh, season. He put the team on his back, and it was a disaster of a team and an organization, and that needs to be applauded. He's improved each of those uh, of his seasons in the NFL. Took a huge jump last year. He's tier one. I don't think any of those guys you just mentioned are tier two guys at the moment. Um, and I think tier one, honestly, it's Mahomes and Watson and Watson is on the fringe there because Mahomes is like at such a different level. But I don't think Ryan or Cousins are tier two guys. I think they're tier three guys. And I would be, I would be a little hesitant on both. The reasons of hesitation for Cousins are, this season, he played really well. He played really well because the Vikings had no chance of winning any games. And um, that is Kirk Cousins' MO. So it, to me, you're kind of getting a little bit of a durability upgrade and, um, you know, from cousin, from Garoppolo to Cousins. But if you're giving up anything for it, um, you're putting yourself in a position where, you know, are you that much better than the Vikings were when they were competitive? You know, and you have a better... Right. You have a better coach, but like you're trying to win a Super Bowl. You're not trying to get back to the NFC Championship. So I would actually put Ryan slightly ahead of Cousins. Yeah. Their PFF grade over the past three seasons are neck and neck. They're seven and eight in PFF grade, right at basically 88. Um, and Ryan, I would put ahead simply because um, of what we saw when he was in Shanahan's system. It was a way higher ceiling than what Cousins had. And I know that was a few years ago, but we've seen quarterbacks age well. Ryan has put himself in, in a position to stay uh, fit physically. Stafford, I'm going to put a little rung below. And not to say that his ceiling isn't there, but you haven't seen the consistency with Matt Stafford. There was a stretch last year when everything was there, when they were calling a ton of deep shots, when Galladay and Marvin Jones were healthy Daryl Bevel was dialing it up for Matt Stafford, and he looked great. But with that greatness, and he, uh, to give you a sense of what I mean by that, he averaged the highest percentage of positively graded throws in the NFL, like through week 12, I want to say. And those are accurate throws down the football field. But he also was bottom five in terms of negatively graded throws, inaccurate throws that are completely uncatchable. Um, and that is very asymmetric to what I think Kyle Shanahan wants, which is consistency. So those are kind of the pluses and minuses that I see of all of them. I would rank them Ryan, Cousins, Stafford. I think Cousins and Stafford are kind of close. Um, But depending on what you have to give up for them, here's what I'll say. Cousins and Stafford do not, to me, bump the Niners up into a place where I go, yeah, they're competing for a Super Bowl. I do think Ryan gets you a little bit closer there. And um, Watson obviously immediately makes you the favorite in the division and, uh, you know, one of the top five, I think, favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. Do you think Matt Stafford sees an improvement? Because Matt Ryan played for seven seasons before getting into Kyle Shanahan's offense. And. Through those seven seasons, his numbers were basically identical to Matthew Stafford's. Do you 
see Stafford maybe making a jump in an offense that's going to move him around a little more, use more play action, and in an offense that's going to have the best rushing attack he's ever had? Or do you think he kind of is what he is after 12 years? He's going to be inconsistent, and you think Shanahan's just kind of out on that entirely? Yeah, I, so I'm not, I think the ceiling for Stafford is just as high as the ceiling for Ryan, but I think the average outcome is lower. <laughs> Because I think there is a stability with Matt Ryan from a health perspective and from a what we've seen in that system before perspective where I think he comes in and it's like, you know, this is this is how I was meant to ride out in the sunshine. Uh, you know, at the tail end of my career is where I belong. And with Stafford, the best we've seen of him is the, the high level is super high level. I mean, it, it, that, that no-look throw that he made against Tennessee, and if people listening have not seen it, just type in Stafford no-look so Tennessee. It, it's absolutely amazing. I would curse on this podcast if, if – You uh, can if you'd I, like. Yeah, you can say it's whatever. It's fucking amazing. Whatever you <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, and Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has given Matt Stafford a ton of praise, and I don't think you see – you don't just see that. For no reason. So I agree with you that the ceiling is there and that I would expect a sizable improvement because the Lions have been a, a kind of a disaster of, you know, a team building uh, organization and a head coaching, you know, situation for a while now. So um, so I think it's there, but you still the avoidance of negative plays is something that is important and something that I think is, is that Shanahan holds dear. And I'm not sure that that's something Stafford mitigates to the extent that Matt Ryan would. And so there's maybe a little more like that's what Jimmy that's Jimmy G, right? Jimmy G doesn't quite have the downfield stuff that Stafford does, but he's got like he's got the accuracy. He makes some big time throws, the intermediate levels of the field. He's awesome. Um, His quick release allows him to do that. But then he'll throw it straight to a linebacker and you're like. Dude, what are you doing? You know, and I think that's that's where I'd compare and contrast, you know, with Jimmy G there. So um, Shanahan's so good that you just want a guy that's going to execute, you know, almost flawlessly and have the understanding of the offense. And this may be the, the kind of cherry on top. You want an extension of the coach on the field. I'm not sure Jimmy's gotten there yet. I think Ryan, having had that experience, having had all this experience, would be more of that and that would take that offense I think even further than it is right now yeah it's it's really interesting because there's this feeling that just looking at Kyle Shanahan's history with quarterbacks and particularly since becoming the 49ers head coach all the guys he's passed on right like Mm -hmm. he passed on Deshaun Watson he passed on Patrick Mahomes Um, this last offseason they passed on Tom Brady and I don't think Shanahan's going to be the type of person who who changes up his thinking and says, um, you know, I, I'm not going to I'm not going to pass on an opportunity again. Right. Like, I, I think he's I don't know if stubborn's the word, but I think he's set in his ways enough and, and has a self-confidence like you talked about that he he's not going to look around um, at, at previous decisions and let those sort of dictate what he does um you know, going forward. And and the reason why I bring that up is because I, I want to ask you, you know, hindsight obviously is 2020, but, you know, I, I think it was fair to look at the Tom Brady thing last offseason, last March, when the 49ers passed on him and say, well, you know, a 43-year-old with the new team, 
Um, you know, we, we're coming off a Super Bowl appearance. We have a guy who we think is just going to keep getting better. Um, but, you know, I wonder now if Kyle Shanahan looks at him and be like, man, we, we could have had Tom Brady, particularly, you know, watching <laughs> watching Tampa Bay beat Green Bay yesterday. And you wonder, like, well, Brady stayed healthy throughout the year for the most part. It certainly wasn't completely smooth the entire time. But you wonder what could have been with this 49er season had they had Tom Brady. Um, so, George, what what do you think of just that whole process, the fact that the 49ers decided to pass on Brady, how that worked out? And do you think there's going to be something sticking in Kyle Shanahan's craw about that when he when he makes his ultimately makes his quarterback decision this this offseason? It's a great question. I, I think the nice Tom job, Brady thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Tom Brady thing is fascinating because. So Tom, we talked about the all offseason. How is Tom Brady going to fit in Bruce Arians' offense? Bruce Arians pushes the ball down the field. Tom Brady has never, it's never been his MO. How is this going to look? And what did Tom Brady do? He led the league in average depth of target, okay? Deepest uh, average depth downfield of his throws of any quarterback in the NFL. And yet, still got rid of the ball in 2.4 seconds on average, which was the fourth quickest in the NFL. Like, yeah, absolutely insane. But, the difference to Kyle Shanahan's offense would have been even more dramatic. Why? Because Tom Brady, for all the avocado oil that he injects into his body every night, he is not a mobile guy. He is not running play-action boots. That's not in his game. Kyle Shanahan doesn't need, shouldn't be going out there going like, I'm so desperate that I'm going to redo everything that I have constructed offensively. The players that I put in place here with Debo and Ayuk and, and George Kittle, like that offense is going to work given that he gets the right guy. Now, the mobility is the interesting thing because the two guys that you mentioned he passed up, very mobile quarterbacks. And I think that, you know, I'm just kind of guessing here, but there's a lot of investment in getting one of those guys. And Shanahan strikes me as a guy that values appropriately weapons on offense. Not just having one, but having five. And when you give up a lot of resource to go get one of those quarterbacks, you take away offensive weaponry. And if you don't feel like that guy has the accuracy to make your system cook, then you're going to be apprehensive. Now, obviously, hindsight's 2020, Watson and Mahomes, you'd certainly want to take those guys if you had the chance. And maybe you're looking at this draft class and you go, okay. Do we view some of these prospects a little differently because of that? And I would look at a guy like Zach Wilson, who has run a play-action-based offense at BYU, has mobility, um, has a little bit of that out-of-structure cannon of an arm can make all the plays. That would be interesting to me. Would you look at that a little differently? Because you're not giving up four firsts for Watson in that case. You are taking a guy that you can mold yourself. Um, do the Niners feel like they have, I mean, they have a young core. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right? I mean, some of the good players like Richard Sherman was so key for this team. And, um, you know, I, he is such a great player, but he's a free agent. And, you know, are you trying to maybe turn this team over a little bit and do a younger team? And then you invest in a rookie finally. Um, I like to believe that the best coaches are confident enough to question their own process and adjust. Nick Saban does it in college. Andy Reid's done it in Kansas City. Um, Bruce Arians is doing it with with Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. And I don't think it's uh, something that Kyle Shanahan will avoid doing. I think he's that type of guy. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. So I have a two-part question. I'm glad you brought up Zach Wilson because that ties into my two-part question. But because I am a radio veteran, I'm going to split that question into two parts and let you answer the first part first. So... What are the odds that maybe not Zach Wilson, but what are the odds that one of the uh, kind of top quarterbacks in this draft class, whether it's whether it's Fields or Wilson or Mac Jones or uh, Trey Lance falls to number 12? And I purposely left off Trevor Lawrence because he's going. First. He ain't falling to number 12. Yeah. Um, well, first off, uh, because I am a veteran of the space as well, I will point <laughs> out to all of your listeners that today. The PFF draft guide dropped 150 player profiles. Great and, point. And if you use the promo code Super Bowl 25, you'll get 25% off when you subscribe. There's no better time. So go make that happen. I'm looking at the PFF draft guide right now. It is a fantastic resource. It's the so amount good. of hours that go into each of these, I mean, first off, we grade every player and every play, and then Mike Renner goes and rewatches all those plays, writes up these scouting reports. And so it gives you a good sense of, I think, where players fit the NFL. Hey, this guy is what we're looking for, and there might be no chance that he slides versus, ah, you know, there's some things that might cause a couple of teams to pass. And so I think there's a decent chance. Now, it worries me that Daniel Jeremiah had Zach Wilson going number two because I thought we were the only outlet on the planet that was pumping him in at number two to the Jets left and right. But think about this for a second. If you look at the top of the draft and you go, okay, let's say the Jets galaxy brain themselves into sticking with Sam Darnold or <laughs> get Deshaun Watson. Okay. So then you've got, you know, they, if they galaxy brain themselves in, into Sam Darnold, then they're taking a different player at number two. Okay. At number three, you have the Dolphins. Let's say they galaxy brain themselves into thinking that Tua is just, one offensive tackle away, 
Panay Sewell off the board or Rashawn Slater or whatever. Then number four, let's say that the Falcons galaxy, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, I think there is a better chance than people like us who understand the value of quarterbacks and go, you can't possibly pass up on a young quarterback if you don't have your guy yet, where teams in the NFL go, yeah, you know what, though? We're just this player away from our current quarterback being great, and they want their current quarterback to be great. Why? Because a lot of the guys in positions that those teams drafted those guys and want to be right. So I think there's a chance. I would say this. I think Trey Lance um, has very little tape. I think there's a decent chance that he falls to number 12. I think Fields has the next best chance. Why? Because there's some accuracy stuff. I could see the Deshaun Watson narrative where – Look, he throws it when it's open, but can he anticipate? Okay, great. Give me Justin Fields. I have a feeling that Zach Wilson is going to remind people a lot of, I hate to say this, but like stuff that you see Patrick Mahomes doing against NFL teams. Zach Wilson did that against the you know teams, whatever you want to call them, that he faced at BYU. Um, and so I think that is how I would rank the chances of them falling. And I think there's a good chance one of them does. Okay, and I'm going to ask you to rank more things as the second part of this two-parter. Uh, first of all, the the, the Pro Football Focus draft guide, if you hear Chris and I giving draft takes, there's a really good chance that part of it was at least bolstered by the PFF draft guide. So definitely go get that uh, if you don't already have it. Ranking. Go ahead and you've mentioned Deshaun Watson, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, and then some rookies. You gave a 55% chance of the 49ers having a new starting quarterback this year. Rank those in order of the likelihood that they're the starter for the 49ers next season. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to wish this into existence. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to unify likelihood and my desires, okay? I'm <laughs> Great. Assume, I love that. I'm going to assume that John Lynch and I are of the exact same mind that Kyle Shanahan is uh, listening to some some deep cuts from Little Wayne and cooking mm. up this scheme um, in his uh, in his laboratory right now. Okay, I'm gonna go Deshaun Watson one. Why the price? You want it. The I want it, and the so the price is gonna be steep. Every penny that you spend on a great quarterback is too low of a price. <laughs> and you're seeing that with the Kansas City Chiefs. This is your best shot to get someone that can rival uh, Patrick Mahomes. And right now, Patrick Mahomes is dominating the league. And if you want to win a Super Bowl, that's who you have to beat. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with trading up or playing the draft to get yourself the guy that you like. And I trust... Um, Kyle Shanahan to identify a quarterback that he thinks will work well. My personal preference would be to go with Zach Wilson because he has experience running the play action game and was phenomenal with it. Um, and pending he checks all the mental boxes, you know, he's, he's a grinder. He works his ass off. All of those things like that is a necessity. He would be my number two. I would then go with Justin Fields, who I absolutely love. I think people are sleeping on him. I kind of like that he didn't light up Alabama in the championship game um, because to me, uh, this guy is going to be fantastic and has every tool you need. Then I would go to let's take a shot on uh, a mid-level guy. Um, 
as I rank them, you know, I'd go Ryan. I think I would, <laughs> I'm not a Kirk Cousins guy. I would probably go Stafford over Kirk Cousins. I just can't bear the idea of having to cheer for, for Kirk Cousins getting that feels like the most lateral move they could make is, is moving on from Garoppolo to, to, to get cousins. And let me say this. I've said this a couple of times. I am steadfast in this. Look, I, I, we leverage data and numbers and math. I, there is no way that you can convince me that Kirk cousins walks into that locker room and there is a single soul in there that goes, Oh, thank God. (laughs) <laughs> not one not a single one the only people right. that would be happy to see kirk cousins in the bay area are the vegan restaurants that would then get his business because i think that's something that he does but is he Jimmy vegan G, I, he i just heard i don't know if he's actually vegan oh i'm out i know that he um th- there's a story about him going to minnesota and there being a steakhouse that they normally take people to when they sign them and him rejecting that for some like build it yourself farm to table salad place, which I love. Hilarious. Okay. But like, come on, buddy. That's awesome. Um, so <laughs> I, I would go so far as to say that Cousins is probably last on my list um, to the point where I would almost rather see us run it back with Jimmy G and like, you know, give him the same ankle surgery that Steph got. And, and and see if we can't put this thing together because Jimmy G and I think this is kind of what Tom Brady did in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady came into Tampa Bay and turned everyone into a believer in the way that Jameis never did. And that's not a knock on Jameis. Tom Brady is the maybe the greatest motivator on the planet. He hypes up millions of Twitter fans every Sunday like they're ready to run through a freaking brick wall. Okay, so Jimmy might not be at that level. But that cannot be underestimated, and um, that that is why he's even being considered. Because if he didn't have that, I don't think his level of play would warrant even consideration this coming year. But you listen to Richard Sherman talk about him on his podcast with Chris Collinsworth that they do weekly. He loves the competitiveness and the leadership of Jimmy G, um, and I think that says a lot. So those are my rankings. Deshaun Watson, come to the Bay Area. Yeah, he listens. Would be, he listens to the pod. So you know, that would be that would be wild. I mean, it's. I, I agree with everything you said, and and I'm just you know I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how all this plays out because there are so many as many names as there could be you know potentially changing teams. Like there are also a lot of teams who are going to need quarterbacks. Just looking at the draft mm-hmm. order right now, you know, even beyond the Jets and potentially Miami and Atlanta. You know, you got Philadelphia at six, Detroit at seven, Carolina at eight, Denver at nine, you know, the Giants at 11, um, you know, yeah, New but, England, they're they're all the way down at okay, 15, but, but, you know. But think about this. The Eagles have been telling, uh, I, uh, from what I have heard, co- all coaches that interviewed there, coaching candidates, were told that you have to keep Wentz, okay? Oh, wow. uh, oh so, brutal. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, I think that tells you something about where they ended up. Um, yeah, that, that does make sense. <laughs> Uh, the Lions, yeah, looks like they're going to need someone. The Panthers, okay, probably, but they also had a very defensive-oriented draft last season. You know, maybe they're in love with one of the guys at the top and he's not there. The Broncos, I could definitely see the Broncos trying to, like, trade for Sam Darnold and then picking, you know, a, I don't know, a, a tackle at nine or something like that. Um, the Giants are not moving on from Daniel Jones. So I, I, there are ways that NFL teams will convince themselves they have their quarterback. And that is why I think you might not need to trade all the way up to, let's say, two 
um, to get your guy. You might just need to jump the Lions or the or the Panthers. Kyle Trask feels like a Denver pick. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> it just feels like a real Denver move. Is Kyle Trask? I, I, he I want that, that on the record. I think he's going to be a Bronco that at nine. Be, that would be everything they deserve, right? No, maybe not at nine, but <laughs> yeah, not at nine. <laughs> earlier than he probably would have gone otherwise. I do. You, have you guys have a take on Mac Jones? Uh, nope. pro- probably not a top fifteen pick, in my opinion. But Hang I'm on, let me get fan. into the let me get into the PFF draft guide yeah, real quick. Yeah, you, <laughs> you guys will enjoy the Mac Jones comparison. I think Mike Renner does as good of a job. For, I will say this about Mike Renner, who's a friend of mine, but I say this unbiasedly. I don't think there's anyone that does a better job in the NFL draft. Period. Point like <laughs> flat out. And obviously, that's helped by the fact that. I think we do a better job of collecting college data than anyone else. But um, his comps for players uh, are fantastic. He does not overhype anybody. He gives really good, accurate comps. Um, and and I think the one for Mac Jones, I'm not going to give it to anybody, um, will be interesting to people. And I think will polarize how you might feel about drafting Mac Jones. It has made me even more emboldened that I do not want to draft him. <laughs> it's Kirk Cousins, isn't it? I think it's, it's Kirk not. Cousins. That's my it's guess. It's not. It is a close. <laughs> he, you are very near <laughs> that sphere of, of quarterback. And I have more respect and like this quarterback slightly more than, than you like that. Um, <laughs> last year, last year, last year, Mike Renner compared Juwan Jennings to Michael Crabtree. And, <laughs> I don't know if that's far off because Jennings is hurt and, and on the practice squad this year, but that makes me very excited for Juwan Jennings' future, and I'm going to hang on to that for a long time. So, <laughs> shout yeah, out to Mike Renner. Second for, year breakout year, right? For yeah. receivers. Yeah, just yeah, got to get that hamstring healthy. That's I'm still waiting for Hurd, okay? Yeah. Who, who among know us, I, you know? I got so excited after Peter King came on the forecast, the PFF forecast last offseason. And I was like, what's one thing no one is prepared for this year that you are excited about? And he goes, I went to the 49ers. You know the way Peter King talks. He's, he chews on his words like he's having, you know, $185 an ounce caviar. And it, he's like, and I walked in and I saw the most impressive player on the practice field. And it was Jalen Hurd. And I was like, I'm in. I'm sold. Give me my jersey. Give me the jersey. Yeah, Ch- Chase Claypool sort of became what Jalen Hurd, what the, the 49ers uh, thought they were getting with Jalen Hurd. I, I think it's interesting. And they might still get it. I was I was at that practice, and uh, I remember Peter King Peter King being there. And um, yeah, Hurd was Hurd was had he had like a three practice stretch before they went to Denver, where the where he got hurt in those joint practices. That he looked really, really good. Like it, it was, you know, like what what he did <clears throat> in that preseason game against the Cowboys. Like that was sort of what he was on the practice field. And just given, you know, the way the 49ers have developed re- receivers recently, there was plenty of reason to believe that that herd could be really good. But now it's just now it's just a matter of health and coming off, you know, a, a bad back injury and, and a torn ACL. It's going to be hard to, to count on him for anything. But if if he does turn into that Chase Claypool thing, it would be a huge win for the 49ers offense, no doubt. I'll be uh, watching games pantless if that happens. 
right, that's well, George Shamori, I... everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's at PFF underscore George on Twitter. You can subscribe to the PFF forecast that's on Apple and Spotify. And make sure you get the PFF draft guide if you don't already have it. That code is Super Bowl 25, correct? Yes, sir. Super Bowl 25 to get 25% off the draft guide. Well worth the investment if you have any interest in the NFL draft at all. Get educated. It's the best way uh, to go about talking about the draft. George, thanks so much for your time. As always, you're awesome. Hey, anytime, guys. Always enjoy it. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks. You too, man. Appreciate it. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.